Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by PDAC. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustleshare PDAX. Also powered by Podmachine the simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com and use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit. That was the perfect moment where I understood. Be careful of using your charisma. Be careful of convincing people to stay with you. Because when you convince them, you have to understand that they will also sacrifice with you. And so you can't just give up. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Share Podcast. We have another local startup superhero. Shout out to Steve C. First before uh, anything else, because he put up a challenge on Startup PH several weeks ago. To focus on local homegrown bootstrap startups, and I am here answering the call. And I've heard about this guy for a while now. I'll tell you later how I heard about him. But before I get carried away, let's welcome to the show, Mr. Magno Kodag. Thank you. Up in down top up. Magno, welcome to the show. There you go. 
I didn't get pulol anymore. That's good. <laughs> Welcome to the show, my man. How's it going? Good, good. Uh, we're just, uh, yeah, same as before. We're basically enjoying what we do every day. Software, retail, operations. Good. All right. Now, before I get carried away, I need to ask you the million dollar question. Magno, <laughs> what's your hustle? Basically, get up in the morning, check on the software, check on operations, and uh, see to it that people are are happy with what they do, and then just you know go to sleep. End of the day, then repeat. <laughs> <laughs> what a routine! <laughs> no, but in real talk, let's just just provide a little bit more context for those who are listening and are wondering what the hell is Tindahang Tapat, right? Uh, that we're talking about. What do you guys do in Tindahang Tapat? Because Of course, the answer that you gave me right now is very, very much like an operator and a dev guy. So I can feel that energy from you. But if we're going to dumb it down for those people who are listening here and saying, what the hell is Sindahang Tapat? Is it the most virtuous store in the world? Is it in the Philippines? What, what do you guys do in Sindahang Tapat? Okay, so the idea is quite simple. If you're an owner of a Sari Sari store, there's 1.1 million of them in the Philippines, according to AC News data. When they run out of paninda or inventory or goods to sell, what they do is they basically go to the supermarkets or the yeah. public markets or wait for the distributors to visit their store so that they can purchase and replenish their goods and then stock up inventory. So that's essentially how it's been for many, many decades now. So they go to the supermarket, they shop, they put in a big basket, they hire a tricycle, van, jeepney. Yep. And so on and so forth. If the weather is bad, it becomes even more problematic. If they have kids, it's quite difficult to leave them at home and, and so on and so forth. So what we try to do is essentially, we're a Lazada, but specifically for Sari Sari stores. So if you're yeah, a right. store owner, you run out of Paninda, just order via app. We'll deliver it same day or next day. So that's, that's amazing. So you don't have to leave the store. No need to leave your kids. Just wait for the delivery. Same day or next day, depending on the cutoff, six days a week except Sunday. All right. You're giving me flashbacks of my teenage years and my early adulthood because my mom and my late grandma used to have a store in our little apartment that I grew up in. And you're right. When we ran out of Chippy, when we <laughs> ran out of Pancit Canton, Who's the guy that needs to go to the freaking grocery that sells a cheap as shit? That's me. <laughs> and I hate it when it's like, oh my God, this is the whole stash of the whole store and I'm going to have to bring all of these shit, like five plastic bags going back. And I hate it the most when I have to bring 1.5 back. The 1.5 is the backbreaker, all right? Because you have to <laughs> bring it. And again, you have to source it out for the wholesaler type of grocery. Because if you go to the, like, the retail, like a, say, a Roostans type of shit, your paninda will be very, very expensive. Right. Nobody's going to buy from you. You need to buy at wholesale price so you can make a competitive retail price and follow the SRP, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> again, I just I grew up doing this. And again, Shout out to my mom who exposed me to this. Sometimes it is my last re this resource. She probably doesn't know, or probably she does. That's my kupit. That's where I make a little <laughs> bit of kupit. That's why that store never scans. <laughs> hey, you know, you gotta make ends meet. You're a kid, you know. You gotta. I need. I need some extra. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of uh, pilfery. 
that happens there. But okay, before we get carried away, I need you to buckle up. All right? Because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. All right. I think I just, uh, <laughs> before we rode the time machine, I just admitted to theft. All right. So my bad, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, before we talk about you, you do this again, you're a you love you you've been in the Bicol region, you you've been in Naga well, for a while. My my wife was born in Naga. So yeah, but she grew up in Cavite. But I'm just saying that, you know, Naga is a very, very developed town now in the Bicol region. But tell me about growing up. Were you also like me? Were you also a boy cupid when you were younger? Were you also <laughs> Given tasks to man a sari sari store when you were you were young. How was growing up like? The typical boy, uh, born born and raised in the province. So we don't have a sari sari store, but my mom actually works for a canteen in a public school. So oh, wow. I don't get to sell sari sari store goods or prepare those kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I do have three a.m. four a.m. duty to kind of help my mom prepare banana queue, champorado. Wow. And things like Man. and then right have breakfast yet and you're talking about this these things. <laughs> <laughs> I those are my two favorites. Okay. I get to do those things. Up until early college, I guess, around up until third year college. Fourth year college, not much anymore because my mom wants me to focus on, you know, academics so you can graduate. But yeah, I've had those. Yeah. That's the closest experience I had to a Sari Sari store or got it. But Magno, I I I this is all oh, I, I this is why I love talking to you homegrown and again. So shout out Steve C for doing this. When you talk to a homegrown founder who's bootstrapped, who was raised from very, very humble beginnings, the same way I did, the dream is not just for you or for me. You know, the dream is for the family. When you were young, what was the dream? Because again, it can be very humble, but when you get it done, the whole family wins. Sometimes the whole fucking town wins, right? Because you, you represented just so represent them similar to again the story of Nell Ligo Peddler, right? Like, man, when he won, the whole freaking town won, right? But for you guys, what, what was the dream? Because for me, the only dream I had growing up, and my mom kept talking about this, is to finish studies, work well, and I don't know how far fetched it was, but eventually buy a house. That was the dream for you guys. What was that? Well, early days, I really have no specific plan or dream of being a founder or doing the things that I do now. But it's pretty much like fluid. My parents were public school teachers. Wow. Educated. I may have been a valedictorian during the elementary days, but still, my parents could not afford sending me to Ateneo Ateneo de Naga University here. But through a scholarship, having been a valedictorian, you got an MPS for a free tuition for a year. But it was in the Ateneo that basically I got to a better understanding of what the community is. And fast forward, the idea was, I failed in the Ateneo de, Na, Ateneo de Manila entrance exam, so I had no choice but to pursue college in the same university after high school. When I finished college, I went, uh, in college, I pursued computer science primarily because of my curiosity towards machine. I borrowed nice. my teacher's scientific calculator that was programmable then out of curiosity, uh, team captain, wow. the programming team then. So it was really about curiosity, probably because I don't have a scientific calculator. So I was drawn to work on these things. When I graduated BS Computer Science, I was a student leader. And the idea was, 
marami kang reklamo how the classroom teaching could be improved and this and that. Yep. How teachers should probably, you know, how can they can improve their instruction. And that time, we had a new president, uh, Father Joel Tabora. So Father Joel said, mukhang makulit kang bata, marami kang reklamo, ano kaya kung magturo, magturo ka para maintindihan mo? <laughs> so, mm. I was invited to teach at the Ateneo and so I taught at the Ateneo after graduating computer science. Wow. Around this time, it became very clear to me the direct relationship between poverty and and brain drain, essentially. So if you look at far-flung towns and cities, why is Naga the most progressive city in the Bicol region? Quite simple, because all the brilliant and talented minds around the city or nearby towns all flock to Naga for work, education, business, and so on. But if you also analyze why is Manila more progressive than Naga, it's because all of the best and the brightest of Manila, Ligaspi, and other towns also- The whole country, actually. <laughs> they all go to Manila. Now, if you look at Singapore, why is Singapore like that? Because all of the best and the brightest, again, in the region flock to Singapore. And, and the pattern basically is like that. So with the Ateneo's commitment to poverty alleviation in, alleviation in the Victor region, this, this sounds pretty much uh, very well very well in me, that we must be able to keep our best and brightest talents in Naga. Locally, yeah. But when you talk to computer science students and, and IT graduates and tech you know, talent, the reason is always we're going to leave because there's no much opportunity here. That's so right. as early as 2003, when Ateneo started the digital illustration and animation, I joined to found that program. And then wow. I supported that program up until I stayed in Ateneo for 13, 15 years. It became very clear to me that I need to go out and take the front, the driving seat to really start something. So mm-hmm. that was the day I decided to become a founder. And the mm-hmm. first bunch of guys that I was able to invite uh, join me. We're actually the bunch of talents and, and students that I saw in the classroom who are very talented and are willing to stay in Naga. So that's mm-hmm. pretty much the story. The Nueca today is actually the second version or the second attempt. The first attempt was, was a failure. We built an iPad-based POS in 2012. Okay. Very powerful. POS in 2012. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, 2012, 10 years ago, literally. Yes. The iPad okay. isn't as, uh, first of all, as abundant around town and the infrastructure to even get an iPad to work wasn't even a thing, right? You're going to have to settle. You'd be happy to get a 3G signal somewhere right? (laughs) back then. And man, that that was very early in the game. But I want to just track back here because this is something that's very, very important that we talk about here. You're correct about the brain brain. You're correct about the rural areas losing their talent to the nearby towns and, of course, losing their talent to Manila. And sometimes majority actually go overseas, right? right? But for you, why didn't you follow that same pattern? Because it would have been easier with your talent. You were blessed with this. You were a valedictorian. You were, again, you had all the talent to thrive and probably even make more money if you followed the same path. But you chose to stay put. What was the, the main objective? You remind me of my wife. So I got married to someone. I hope we don't kiss. Please, thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of Please my wife. don't kiss me. I am not my. I am not there. Okay. But okay. Thank you. That's a compliment. Uh, yeah. The, the entire family migrated to the US. She's a nurse there. In other words, cut the story short, I was able to convince her to give up citizenship in the US and wow. get married there and then stay, be with me here in, in Naga in the Philippines. Because we wanted to do, because I wanted to do this, so 
yeah, so why give up the US opportunity and, and all the other things, like including going to Manila? I think I was pretty much an observer. I was just observing how things were moving. And I'm sure just about every founder is also like that. And our tendency is really not to go with the flow. I mean, we're not going to be founders if we're not this type. Yeah. We're contrarian by default. All right. So I saw that there's a pattern and I saw that everyone is doing the same thing. I saw that everyone is taking this flow. So there's got to be someone who's got to be against the flow. Otherwise, there won't be any change at all. So sometimes the, the, the pay, the perks and privileges, uh, material gains that we probably get from moving out of Naga, they were all very clear. And the disadvantages are also very clear if you will stay. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. when you sit and you stay calm and you just take a look at things without being attached to it, and you will see that there is a call. That's the, the word of the Jesuits are pretty much, you will know if there's a calling for you to stay. And that was very, yeah. and calling was very clear. Man for others. There you go. <laughs> yep. I had a Dominican upbringing, but I, am, I respect very much what the Jesuits are able to teach and also the output of how Jesuit education have done. But I want to just do a deeper dive here because, again, this is a contrarian path. This is not something that's typically. And most people, the average ones that, that see Nothing. They're average by default. It's just that again, most people typically follow the flock, and in rural towns, right, or at least in secondary cities that we call, there's always patterns that people like to do, and people like to impose that pattern on other people. And I'm pretty sure you went through this. It's like, oh, Magno, why are you still here? You should go and blah blah blah. Do this. You're really good. You're a valedictorian and an educator. Blah blah blah. And you chose to stay put. How did you combat those urges from, I say, people around you and whatnot? And how did you prove them wrong? Because again, it's so easy as as an observer that you mentioned, it's also easy to see like, holy shit, this same guy, us founders, we tend to also, as you observe, compare yourself to them. For sure, you went through this too. Man, I know I'm, I'm as good as that guy or I'm even better than that guy, but I'm stuck here. And now everybody's telling me to start doing this, but you stayed put. That requires a lot of fortitude and balls. And again, that calling must have been super intense for you to stay put. How did you battle those things? I pretty much have no intention to kind of prove them wrong. Wow. I realize also that they are right for many of the warnings and <laughs> many of the items that they uh, warned you about. They were right. They were, it's going to be difficult. There's no money there. You're sacrificing a lot of things, et cetera, et cetera. You're losing opportunities and so on and so forth. But you see, as founders as we are, we we always talk about making a difference, isn't it? Wow. The ironic thing is that our definition of making a difference is always rooted, most of the time, to material gains. That wasn't my definition of making a difference. Then. My definition was quite simple. Everyone is leaving my town. I'm a teacher. I've seen the quote-unquote how schools end up manufacturing graduates a thousand a year, multiplied by what? Let's say five schools, that's 5,000, multiplied by what? 10 towns, that's what? 50,000? Wow. Multiplied by 10 regions, for example, or 10 provinces, that's half a million. I mean, who, who, there's no president who can produce half a million new job opportunities every year added up to the, under the job list the year before and the years before that. So, it's quite numerically logical that unless 
the mindset unless you kind of do something about it. You don't intend to save the entire thing, but at least contribute a little thing. Yeah. At least for my community at the NAO, I, I would be happy for that already. So we all want to do something different. We all want to change the world. But at the end of the day, it seems that our definition is really rooted on material gains and, and, and all of these things. But it yeah. wasn't really that. It was the joy of, you know, making three, four, five students stay. And then pass yeah. the reward. We're now about 50. Imagine. That's amazing. Wow. That does not include the businesses, our partners, who are also able to make another few thousand of people stay as well. So mm-hmm. I'm quite happy with that. What? Five? Uh, well, 20 years after. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Now, la- last question before we take our first break. Because again, you saw the vision and I, I can I am super respect that you chose to stay. Because again, everybody by default, like, oh, I'm going to go to blah, 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 right? But you, you've shown, you put your money where your mouth is, right? That, okay, I'm going to build here. I'm going to lead by example. But how did you then convince the other guys, that the first few guys that you, you hired to stay put also? Because if you saw that, that there is, again, that, that was a vision. It's, build locally, solve problems locally, because most of our talent are going to go there and that's against the grain it's easy to convince yourself because that's you but those other guys that you're gonna choose to convince to stay put there's also also a trade-off and they have families who's gonna tell them oh junior go stay here don't stay here you go to dubai or go whatever maximize and then send us money right (laughs) that's a typical (laughs) give us a balik bayan box every december right that's a normal filipino conversation but for you to convince them, it must have been a hell of a conversation. How did you get these guys to stay put and build with you locally? Well, contrary to the belief that most of them would really are always going out, that's generally not not true. You, wow, okay. you see, there are also a lot of people who wanted to stay if only there's an opportunity in the locality. Now, why do they want to stay? One of their primary reasons is being close to the family. It's really the number one reason. So between money, earnings, and family, they will choose family. So between a high income salary and a family, it's going to be difficult for them. But if they could have the best of both worlds, not so high income, and yet I'm close to my family, they will stay. So you end up attracting this bunch of guys who are talented, who wanted to be with the family, are pretty much okay, not much with high salary and all these perks and privileges because they also understand that everything has a price to pay. And right. if family is the price to pay, you know. Nah, it ain't worth it. So you you end up being able to spot these kinds of personalities, these kind of individuals. And they're also going to be able to sense that, okay, I'd also would like to work with this founder. So fast forward, you end up magnetizing people with the same intention, same understanding and now, with that founding team, what was the primary battle cry? Because as a founder, that's our job. Sell the vision and build the ladder together, right? And you need to surround yourself with those people who are builders as well. How did you get to rally them behind the vision that you saw, especially once you you know, took the jump as a founder after being <laughs> a faculty member for a while? 
Honestly, I, 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 the, the question is quite tricky for me to answer anymore because I have a failed startup before and then the NECA today is a restart basically. But when I started officially, because I've been doing a lot of things as early as 2004, six and seven. Mm. But the first formal startup was the iPad POS startup. It was too early for right. time. The funding model was wrong. I don't understand there's VCs. Cost of labor is cheaper <laughs> than an iPad. Yep. Where you can get the waiter who could at the same time be a security guard, a cashier, and so on. So iPad is no match for the socioeconomic uh, you know, argument yeah. of any businessman. But when I was starting, just like every other founder, especially at a young age, it's always about we're going to change the world. So Ron joined yep. because we're going to change the world. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yep. a lot of Ron's who also would like to change the world with you. Fast forward. Yep. In 2017, when it was very clear that we could no longer sustain ourselves and it's time to lay off, mm. the mood kind of changed. All the 15 people I was with, they have no idea we're shutting down by New oh Year 2018. That was the time Ooh. when I am not interested to change the world. Very clear. I am not interested to change the world. I just want to keep the livelihood of the 15 people whom you convinced to stay and work with you. You see, mm. founders are charismatic, isn't it? We can easily convince people to join our battle cry or cause or whatever it is. But there's a price to pay for that as well. What if when things aren't working well, when things aren't working out, when it's time to tell them we're going to lay off, whatever happened to the, you know, the battle cry, the convincing, the charisma, and it ends up becoming a difficult it's a burden. Thing for us, yes, it's a really, it's, it's such a burden. So in 2018, I have no new vision. I have no plans to change the world. I simply want to preserve the livelihood of some 15 people whom you convince. And I feel you're convincing them. The good news is, the good news is, there was a friend who lent me money. <laughs> nice. So someone, someone lent a hand. That's good. So someone let me borrow 1.8 million. Wow. He did not give the entire money to me. He gave me 300K and then 150, like an allowance monthly, 150K per month. So yeah. that's keep you guys the money we used to start in the Hantapat in 2018. And then that's amazing. Yeah, so things started to improve. And when we were way past the layoff, because no one got laid off, it was the time I told them that, you know, last Christmas and New Year, you had your bonuses and everything, <laughs> but you have no idea. We're already closing down that, that, that time. Yeah. I can totally relate, but let's talk about that after the break. Because at the end of the day, we're going to have to take our first break. And when we come back, we will discuss how you were able to do that. Because I've done that too. Actually, still doing that now. But let's talk about that more after the break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We are still with Magna again, who told us how difficult it is. If you're here as a founder, especially if you're a local Filipino founder, you came to the right episode. Because this is what I love. Again, most founders come in thinking that they're going to change the world. Thinking that when I pitch my shit, you know, people will be like, yo, I'm going to give you a shit ton of money, $1 million, whatnot. But if you see those ones that get funded, they are the vast minority. And sometimes they have an unfair advantage in getting that done. Whereas here, we're talking to Magno, who had to, again, I'm assuming you bootstrap this in your first try. And that's what I wanted to do. And then you saw that it dried up. You almost died. And had to borrow money just to keep things afloat. But let's track back a little bit more. When you created the iPad POS that you did in 2012 and ran that till 27, 2017, 2018, that's a long time of hustling. And you persisted through this. Here's what I want to know. How were you able to stay afloat bootstrapping? Because at six years, it's an eternity of doing these things. And then it must have taken a lot of fortitude to get there. And sometimes there's going to be false hopes. I'm like, oh my God, we're, we're getting it done. And then you get hit by a truck out of left. <laughs> like, Ouch, right? Walk me through that process up until you realize that shit, the ship is sinking. Okay, so well, how I funded it is quite interesting. One is I was a teacher then. So part of my salary, I used to fund the start. Wow. Wow. Second, we have uh, you know wedding gift savings. <laughs> you said it. Your wife <laughs> must love you as much as my wife loves me. Okay. So that's the second source. <laughs> the third was I had to do a lot of uh, IT consultancy, doing websites here, doing software there on the side, so we can keep find. it afloat. Yeah, pretty mm. much. Right, but again, how deep were you guys under? 
Because again, oh. if you have to always keep pumping up, right? You have to make ends meet. Most of the time, founders have a cut loss threshold. So a cut loss threshold is like, all right, if this bleeding continues, eventually I'm going to have to pull the plug. The founders that like you and me, who just refuse to quit, <laughs> will keep doubling down. So I understand because I've done the same shit before, right? And also the easy way to get to that threshold, and there's no right or wrong answer to this, is to let people go. But you double down on your people. Walk me through that that process because it's, it's easy to like, you know what? Sorry, I have to let go. The, the business has to thrive. You have to let go half of your team. Two thir- I've done that in Party File. We just literally run out of runway. And I had to do the worst, man. I had to let go of 20 people at that point. The most gut-wrenching fucking feeling till now. It, it still makes me want to throw up when I remember that day. It's 2016, around September. Forgot the date now. But it still haunts me. Today. I don't ever want to feel that again. Right, but you chose to double down, and you sacrifice your own resource, even your own resources, to keep that afloat. Walk me through those times. Well, it was really very difficult, uh, but I'll answer the threshold. There was no threshold. In wow. fact, I would say I was stubborn. Yeah. I remained careless. I remained a believer that you know things will improve, and the motivation and the belief that things will improve was primarily emanating from the fact that the software was really good. Imagine there's an iPad, there's an iPhone and an iPad touch for a waiter that throws order to that iPad. There's an iPad mm. where people can take orders and then throw it via Wi-Fi to the same iPad. Mm. Epson was there supporting us for the POS printing and, and we go around places promoting this product. So yeah. the product was really, really very good. So. I was hinging on the belief that this product is so good, how can it not make us thrive? It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of meeting the right customers Mm. who need to buy an iPad, which was very expensive then. So I was really stubborn. It was the stubbornness that, you know, Mm. kept you pushing further. But looking back, we probably lost about 8 million around around the period. I feel the pain. Mm -hmm. And when we decided to, you know, you see, you don't really fail until you declare it. It's possible you're Correct. failing, but no. it's a matter yeah, of yeah, yeah. declaring it. You're taking a lot of punches, but you really just fail <laughs> when you pull the plug and you wave the white flag. Right. Right. And entrepreneurship is like that. Startup life is like that. You're going to take a lot of punches. And that's why I respect people like you who just kept. It's easy to say, I'm a founder when you're winning. When you're raising, it's sometimes it's an endless line of punches to the face. Yeah. And you still got to keep getting back up, right? And that's true. So you really don't fail. You're, tr- you're right and, until you wave the right flag. But can I just ask, like, when you're taking L's on L's on L's, what was going through your mind? Because that is such a mental beatdown. Emotional beatdown when everything just feels like everything's falling apart. What was going through your head? It's really, I just don't want anyone to lose their jobs. They wow. believe in you. Like, like they could have gone to Manila, they could have gone to Singapore and elsewhere. But these were 15 bunch of guys who whom you convinced because you're charismatic anyway. 
point is it takes that was the perfect moment where I understood be careful of using your charisma. Be careful of convincing people to stay with you. Because when you convince them, you have to understand that they will also sacrifice with you. And so understanding that very deeply, knowing their families, because the culture here is quite very yeah, very tight-knit. Yeah. You can't just give up because they, they yeah. sacrificed a lot with you. So mm. I did not tell them in December of 2017, but it was very clear to me. I will find resources. We are going to start a new beginning come New Year of 2018. So I borrowed the money and restarted, essentially restarted. Made the most of the skill sets, the learnings from the previous startup from iPad DOS. That's pretty much it. So what made you, in spite of the beating and all these problems, at the end of the day, it's really people. I can give up everything else, but people, especially people Mm. who believed in you, can't no you can't <laughs> right but there's also require there's a requirement of a lot of self-respect reflection and also understanding what you did wrong when you decided all right we're gonna pivot we're gonna start fresh again you guys are here i'm doing this with you and for you or those things you learned that you vowed that you're never gonna do again because i remember going through party file and chatbot Again, I even wrote an article about this of what are the things I learned. And that basically became my compass of what not to do again so that I don't make the same mistake. The beauty about you is you still had the same team. I had to start from zero. I had one person, was Ivy, which was still with me till now. right? And again, till now, it's happened in Podcast Network Asia. right? We almost ran out of money. We had to fucking hunker down and scratch and claw to stay and survive because... The model of advertising wasn't flying. So we had to find a way to add another business model to what we're doing, which ended up as Pod Machine. And now we're almost, when we're recording this at least, we're breaking even already. So from zero to breaking even in like 10 months, it was so hard. I had a 50 man team. <laughs> so I know the pressure that you went through. You had 15, I had 50, two countries. Fuck, it was so hard. It was so hard. There's we've been running on a short runway the whole year. That's why I've been just silent the whole time because I had to focus. For you, what did you do to rally the team behind this new idea? And what are the things you had to learn or you vowed not to repeat again when you did it? Well, first of all, before I before we in, in hindsight, when we had to restart, there were a few things that were clear to me. One, your technology is superior, way ahead of its time. Okay. What it also means is that your engineering team is top-notch. All the best and the brightest, top-notch. That's a good thing. The bad thing is, no matter how you know top-notch your software, your innovation, your technology is, it was too early for its time. Okay. iPad was expensive. Mm. Waiter is cheaper. <laughs> right. So The macros were not in your favor. Right. The common sense, I would say. Uh, mm. Price of what we call this. Minimum wage. Yeah. Men would go there instead of buying an iPad. So it was too early for its time. And, and the second lesson was wrong funding model, I would say. It was only recently did I realize that usually tech startups, tech products need some sort of burn, burn, burn because it's primarily R&D. But I ran the iPad POS startup like a restaurant. Like you wait for a next income so that you can funnel it in and then buy the next yep. MacBook for the meantime, keep replacing batteries and things like that. So, so that's the second lesson. 
wrong funding model, I would say. Two bootstrap for a tech product. So that's the second. The third lesson was, at the end of the day, you, you've got to be able to sell. Yep. And if it's something you're not very good at, work with those who can sell for yeah, you. Absolutely. So that's pretty much... The boodle gene. You need to get the boodle gene. There you go. So when we had to restart, I had to tell the team that these are the areas we are very strong at. No one, no doubt about it. And that's engineering. But these are the areas I failed to see and I realize now. I'm sorry you're kind of, in a way, a victim also of this, my failure to be able to see that. But mm-hmm. we're going to restart. All our engineering skills that we use for the iPad, we're going to use to build Pindahantapad. All the good things, the culture, the camaraderie and all things, we're going to reuse that to start again with Pindahantapad. Yep. Now, you're, not really, you're not actually starting from zero. You're no. starting from five or ten already because there's you already built good stuff in there and just had to build on top of that. I just needed the 1.8 million. So there you go. You can start at the beginning. So that was pretty much it. And, and the team understood it very well. That, okay. okay, let's do this. Let's restart. How did we go from POS to Tindahang Tapat? How did that epiphany or that moment come through? How did you see that problem and... You stitch it up with what you already had built before. Well, there are a lot of common denominators. One is both are simply ordering. The only difference is the format. But at the end of the day, it's ordering. Whether it's a POS or an or an or a shopping app, pretty much they're the same. So the skill set, the engineering competency, pretty much the same. Okay. But why Sarisari store? It's because we have long relationship helping distributors mm-hmm. in the area during the year of 2012 to 2017. So when distributors come to us, ask for a custom software, the distributors would, you know, ask for a solution, advice, and so on. So this problem was also very clear to us. So when we had to restart, I had to go back to all the old ideas in the past that we tried to solve and we tried to be involved with. And one of those interesting things is the Sarisai store. So I said, let's go back to that. And that's it. That's how we decided that this is what we're going to start with. Well, what you've learned, how did you then get the hustler? The seller to make sure that this this flies and uh, you don't make the same mistake. Okay, so you still end up having to be the one to sell. Because you know <laughs> <laughs> yes. the founder has to do it, right? Because if you cannot sell your product, who will? Right? Or it has to be someone within your founding team. So how did you then combat and became the hustler? Okay, Magno, how did you get that done? Well, well I have no choice. Uh, one, I can't afford to hire a VP marketing sales or something. That's <laughs> yes. Secondly, right. I've met a few guys, but here's the problem. Most of them do not understand. They, they have limitations in terms of understanding them. Yeah. It's easy to find a salesperson. Like, give them a pen, they're going to sell it. Give them a pizza, they're going to sell it. But give yeah. them a software. Wait, they need a one-on-one. They need... So I end up... <laughs> you end up being the one to sell it. So January, I started selling it, talk to distributors because I understand your pain points anyway. Mm. And that was it. Yeah. So. And the key to it is selling tech and I'll just double down on this because I don't code, right? I'm, I'm the complete opposite. If we were only partners, we would this would have worked. Because I know how to <laughs> You're the, I know you're how to the sell. same person we should have met a long time ago. Yep, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm a founder too. My bad. <laughs> but my whole career, all I've been doing is, all right, I can think of the idea. I can't code for shit, but I can identify a problem. Think of how the product will have to look like from a user's perspective. Someone's got to have to build it with me, right? Not for me, but with me. But I can sell that and dumb it down 
to address that pain point of, say, whatever the user I'm trying to sell it to. And the key to getting that done is to really dumbing it down and not use jargon. The problem sometimes as you're selling tech, like, oh, we talk about feature sets and all that shit. The user doesn't care about that, right? First of all, how are you going to solve my problem? How much is it going to be? And why why you, right? Those are the things you're going to have to sell down pat. And the, the tech, they don't even care how the frick, what stack they, they use it. For all you know, it can be a no-code freaking app as long as it, it works that, and they can throw money at it and it, it, <laughs> it, it can work, then they would pay for that. What was the evolution you have to go through as the seller coming from an educator and the builder from the back to then become the front-facing guy, especially you're selling this to Sari Sari stores. You had to be super basic to make this work and to get that buy-in. It was quite easy, already easy, because I've had a lot of exposure the years before. It was quite easy. Let me share now. There are two entities you're trying to bridge. The Sari Sari store on this side, the distributors on this side, the FMCG, the manufacturers, the principal, the supermarkets and retailers. The beauty of us being NUECA and our experiences is that we see both sides. And we see what they're missing. That's the beauty there. So the nanai, I know that if the weather is bad, it's going to be difficult. You pay for tricycle, multi-cab, and so on. And then the cost of supermarket prices, etc. So this is very clear to me. The problem with the distributor is that if you're Unilever, you only sell Unilever. If you're PNG, you only sell PNG. And then you have to have quota and so on. But the problem is you don't make a lot of money serving them wherever they are because of the cost of fuel and so on and so forth. So it was very clear to me that, you know what? Your problem can be solved by this problem. Your problem here can be solved by this and this can be that. The only thing that's missing is us. And that's where we are. So on the Nanai, it is quite simple. How would you like your goods to be delivered early in the morning without you having to leave your size at a store? They liked it. Distributors. How would you like your agents going out, not selling, not selling, but out going yeah, get orders. To, de- to deliver because orders right. go to you while you're sleeping. They mm-hmm. love it. So let's do this. And then that's it. Right. How did you get the software component? Because before you banked on a hardware app to run your tech, which is the iPad. This time, again, I don't think the Sari Sari store owner is going to be willing to invest into a hardware plus software combo. How did you get that buy-in because if they're in you need to adapt to whatever device they're using to right. make this work same on for both sides how did you how, how did you bridge that okay unlike the ipad pos these pretty much have very little investment as long as they have an android phone the nanai is the size size store mm. same android so you ditched the apple product <laughs> you went <to> android <laughs> yes so they're good to go they're good to go mm. a daughter a son is on doing online schooling most likely she's got an android device they're good to go now, on the distributed okay. side, same thing. You have you have a PC, you have a browser, you have an Android device, mm. good to go. It will take care of everything else. So uh, it's, it's pretty much... An easier adaptation because there, is, there oh, yeah. isn't a hardware investment anymore that, okay, this only runs on an iPad and whatnot. And again, the same stack probably, a good chunk of what you use for the POS still applies here. No, uh, we, we kind of have to redo everything from ground oh up. Oh my God, you did? Oh, yes, yes. Holy uh, crap. The wow. platform was quite different. The interface has to be very different. Requirements mm. are a lot different from the iPad DOS. Different stack also, even the backend? Yes, yes. Wow. Everything from ground up. But it wasn't that difficult. Again, uh, you have five years of experience. 
building yeah. mobile apps and backend and so on. Quite easy for our engineering. Got it. Now, how did you fund this this time? Because you said it was so it, the old model was flawed by default. What are the things you had to do that's different to make this work? Because at the end of the day, if you're integral for that last mile, this is the last mile, right? From the wholesaler to the retailer, this is a margin game. Right. You technically earn from that purchase that they get for that convenience that you give them as well. And in order for you to make a really good buck, you need to get into volume and repeat purchase. Am I correct in making that assumption? Right. But again, how did you... You're edging towards the secret sauce. Okay. okay. I'm I'm just trying to read between the lines, my man. So, right? It's all right. How did you then make the ends meet? Because that repeat purchase, that MRR, the monthly recurring revenue, needs to be constant. And you need a sticky product that people are willing to use all the time and not revert back to the old school way that they're doing it in order to make that work. How did that work? Okay, in the beginning, it was quite difficult because the nanas don't quite trust your... There's old habits die hard too. Right, so yeah, it was quite difficult. So for, for a long period of time, about two years, we've got to absorb all the losses in terms of the cost of few many other things. Yeah. Including they will only order a few items and then it would not be sufficient enough to give them free delivery at all. Not to mention the locations and the geography and so on. On the same side, on the other side, on the part of the distributors, partners, retailers, they also don't find it logical to serve one, two, three, four, five nanites because it's also not worth the gas and, and all these other costs. Okay. Fortunately, fortunately, we were able to work with partners who were also willing to gamble with us. Nice. And I tell you they're they must be. They must be very lucky. They would. They, they should be very happy on that day that they decided to gamble with us. Because fast forward today, one of our partners started with about one, two, three, four checkout lanes. Today they have twenty. They have what? 20. Amazing. And this was all in the Naga Bicol area. Right, right. We're in South Luzon right. now, about seven provinces. And in this one particular partner, not just twenty POS lanes, but two shifts as well. They're entering nice. to it already. So that's a bunch of guys doing the first eight hours and another bunch of guys doing the next eight hours. So they scaled with you. That's amazing. Okay. Now, here's here's the usual knock, knock for a homegrown startup. Okay. And I'm I'm wearing my Manila VC hat. So I'll tell you <laughs> now where I found out about... I think we've been friends for a while now on Facebook and LinkedIn. But I really did a zoom in on you when... Earlier this year, I was part of the Insignia Ventures Academy. I'm pretty sure you know. Someone sourced you out and brought your startup to the IC. So again, for for those people who don't understand what the Insignia Ventures Academy is, basically it's a school to study how to be like a VC. I ended up there. I studied to get the perspective of how VCs actually source out deals. So apparently, as a startup founder, right, it's like, ah, we're, we're also pitching so many VCs that's a... That's a, that's the name of the game. But VCs also technically source out so many startup deals because they need to that's their job to bring great startups into the investment committee and see who can be investable. And you were one of them. It's like, wow, I've never heard of this startup before. How come? Right? And most startups from the regional perspective of the Philippines don't get 
to be investable because they're too hyper local. And that's what I want to know, right? If you are in the southern Tagalog region or southern Luzon region, right? Sometimes you got to have to go outside and go be at least nationwide to get that done. How were you able to break that stigma? Or if not, if you stayed home, how were you able to dominate? Well, sorry, uh, I've heard this before, but I'm not quite familiar with the word. Hyperlocal means you're very focused. Regional, technically. Hyperlocal, meaning like you're great in Naga, but, or say Bicol region, or I don't know, a certain region of, of a country. But if you're going to go the venture play, here's how the VCs think. Right. Right. The VCs will only invest because they're looking for a multiple. A multiple where I have to 5x or 10x my investment. And I, I hope that's going to be through you. And if you're hyper local, that scale of that multiple will not probably happen unless you dominate locally and you can really show that, hey, you can grow this big, or you're going to have to bring that same business model, go regional or go nationwide or even go international. For them to make sense of that bet that they're gonna go to you, right? Right. How were you able to then do that? Because again, you were sourcing out deals already. You're in the radar of these VCs. Well, no, no offense to the VCs. Mm. They're getting it wrong. Mm. Oh, they're getting it wrong. How so? You see, you need to understand that every startup is unique, and the way they're doing things are probably different from your expectation of how they should do things. Because of their limitations, background, and, and, and situations. Uh, allow me to explain this further. If you do not have the resources, what choice do you have? Isn't it? I can't afford to run a supermarket model. I cannot afford to purchase all the goods. So, but the vision remains. The vision remains is to be able to provide, like right now we're doing 2,400 SKUs to 2,700 SKUs, assortments that Nanais could choose from. But keeping this inventory is quite impossible for a company like us because we can't afford to hoard an inventory worth 250 million pesos per month. Mm. So what choice do we have but to find ways to be able to achieve the same mission? When you're... I understand that VCs are looking for scale and and this and that. But Mm. at least from our standpoint is that it is important for a VC to also take a look at the startup and understand really why are they doing it this way? If you see them that they're doing it this way and the way they're doing it, probably for your judgment, is not scalable, is not investable, mm. don't turn them down. Try to understand why are they like that. And mm. from America's from America's perspective, the answer is what choice do we have? <laughs> we only start right. with 300,000 and 150 per month. Yeah. That's the way to, to assess it if, if I'm in the place of the VC. Now, mm. the next question would be. The moment we fund them, what will happen to them? Like, how will they change? Will they evolve to how I would imagine that they would evolve to? The answer is probably yes. So that's such a precise I'll just, again, I'll just share some light here, shed some light on, again, after going through that program. Mm -hmm. And here's why it's not wrong and it's not right as well. I'll just share the perspective of a VC because the VC invests money that they don't own. Right. They talk to these investors. So they actually have investors too. They call, they're called LPs. The promise to the LP is I'll 5X to 10X your investment. And I'll be investing in startups that will go, this is the word, that can go to, a, to unicorn status. 
That's why they look for these startups that are investable. It doesn't take away from what you're trying to do, but they look for those unicorn potential startups for that to really come through with their promise to their LPs, mm-hmm. to their real investors. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that our startups are bad. Just sometimes we, in Podcast Network Asia, that's also what we were kind of in a weird situation because certain things need to go right. And I'll, I'll share you what those are. Again, the three themes, right? Team time traction. Are you the right team to win? Right, you've been here. You've you've been doing this really well. Tam, is your market big enough that if you win, it needs to be a worth billions of dollars because not everybody gets to dominate. And if your total addressable market is a little too small, if say you win ninety percent and it's still too small, the upside is not that going to be that big. And right. then the traction to back up all that thing, it that needs to be all unanimously checked for them to build conviction to invest in you. Again, if that's not checked, it doesn't take away from you. You're probably not VC investable, but you can be angel investable because an angel and a VC are very different. Angels typically invest their own money and they will invest because they believe in you as the founder, as the team, and they believe in that mission. That's something that I also just learned recently. So I went through that. Why the fuck am I not getting the VC investment? That I, I feel like I've earned, right? <laughs> Bro, like there's not we're dominating this whole thing. But what I learned was they're also a business. VCs, venture capitalists are businesses as well. And just in the essence of them trying to again guarantee or at least bet that with their LPs, they'll be a very big multiple. They go big or go home. They'd rather lose. Nine out of 10 startups, but in that one startup that they're going to go, they're going to go unicorn. That's the bet here. It's high risk, high reward. Whereas if, if it's for us, like, or for in your case, it would be easier to raise for angels that believe in you. Doesn't discount the fact that, you know, you're, you're making a change. You are, you're doing an amazing job, but it's probably not the VC game. It's an angel game. So I hope you, for those people that are listening here, <laughs> if nobody VC is touching you, that's fine. If you really just want to focus on local, that's okay as well. But, you know, the VCs think that way in getting that done. Doesn't mean that there's a, there's a shit ton of angels here now that are willing. You're probably going to be able to raise a good 100, 100K to 500K just on angel checks alone. There's a lot of angels that are willing to give that. So just saying that that's what it is. All right, let's, let's take our last break. And when we come back, let's now talk about the good stuff, how you're able to then scale Tindahang Tapat. It's not all doom and gloom all the time, right? There's a breakthrough here. Let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter 
Connor has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers. I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. DragonPay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit DragonPay is. DragonPay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust DragonPay. Pay. 
And we're back in the break. We're still with Magno Konag, who then told us the hustle it took to bounce back and re, re repurpose. But again, it's not all doom and gloom. There is breakthrough. Because you've been doing this for Tendang Tapat since 2017, 2018, correct? Yeah. Magno, but you've been doing this for a while. And you won't be around for this long if you didn't have breakthrough. Tell me the good side now. How are you able to scale Tindahang Tapat and scale your partners, you said, that took a bet on you that have grown, again, by bootstrapping and, again, doing this the proper way, applying what you've learned from their failure before? How are you able to do that? Okay. First of all, I'd, I'd like to go back a bit to your previous question because that's related to okay. seeing this one. When I say the VCs were wrong, it also means that you see everything is duality. The perspective of VCs are correct from the perspective the perspective of mm-hmm. founders like bootstrap founders like us are also correct in our own way. Where is the truth? The truth is basically the yin and yang of the two parties. So the, be- the, the beauty there is that for both the VC and the founder to really come into dialogue, to be able to see the unity of the black and white, and that's where the truth is. This is also how I end up discovering why we are able to have the, the good breakthroughs today. Probably. All right. So... Uh, precisely uh, out of that. So what what are probably I just mentioned what, what are the good stuff now? So last week we just had an agreement with another partner for expansion in in the Central Luzon. So, wow, amazing! That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's a big region too, very dense. Yes, yes. We're excited to drive going there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just don't do it when when there's a typhoon. Huh? Be careful, there's landslides. <laughs> then a week before that, I just came from Cebu. We also had an agreement already with a partner there as well. So so these are the, the, some of the good things. Uh, in, in summary, the good things are we're now operating in seven provinces. Nice. And three more provinces are lined up for opening first quarter of next year. So that's, that's, Amazing. that's the first good thing. We're now about fifteen to 15,000 satisfied stores. What? 15,000? Yes, yes. So, solid satisfied they just didn't sign up. They are really ordering. So Amazing. very solid customer base in South Luzon. Cavite, Batangas. Wow. Cavite, Batangas. How are you able to do this? This scale? So again, from barely having anything when you started out to 15,000, that required a ton of hustle and a ton of things to go right. How, you go, how did you get from that to the scale? Basically, we work with, with, with partners who have the resources. Because Ron, you need to understand this. This is in relation to, to what you asked before this question. If I had a million dollars when we started, my approach would have been different. If Absolutely. I had a million dollars, then I would probably end up uh, setting up my own little warehouse and, right. would, and approaching it that way. But I never had a million dollars. Mad respect, my man. Amazing. You only had 300,000 pesos, which is insufficient. Pesos, ah, not dollars. Pesos. Not dollars. Pesos. And then 150 pesos per month uh, after after that first month. So Ooh. the vision remains, but the resources that supports have to be creative. Very different. Mm. So if I need a warehouse, but I don't have a million dollars, what choice do I have? But to look for partners who had the goods, right? Right. So sorry, I have to bring this up again. <laughs> no, go, go, go. I think, I think it is very wonderful for any VCs to be able to spot that. I would say, discarte or approach of a founder, that the vision was not given up despite the limitations. So I think that's the, that's the key. So up until today, we are not VC-funded. But if I will be VC-funded tomorrow, I think we will change the model. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly what I'm trying to say. That's why I, I said I'm not meaning to say that that the VCs who evaluated us before were wrong. It's just that the perspective was quite different. No, again, I, that's why I said sh- share the perspective because that's at the back of their head. That's the type of game they're trying to do. But yeah, go ahead, carry on. Sorry. But the point is, I don't have a million dollars to to fund the inventory and so on. So what choice do I have? So we started looking for partners in every territory, kind of. Mm-hmm. Teach to them the idea that what if I can give you all the Sari Sari stores of your area without you having to build wow. a real estate? Nice. And how much is a real estate? Of course, lot building, property, lighting, yep. cashier, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And they said, How are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. So I go, wait, there's more. <laughs> wow. <laughs> how would you like that even the far-flung Sari Sari store? by the coastline will also become your customer, even if they're 10, 20 kilometers away from here. Mm-hmm. And I like that. So, yes. so tell us, tell us, like, how are you going to do this? So I told them, this is this is how we're going to do it. And then it's no brainer, basically. And they say, give me this entire territory. Give me this entire territory. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So at the end of the day, again, that's their wholesale business all of a sudden. And that network is not easy to build. And if that's what you're going to get that done, then that, that's amazing. But how, how did you get it done? Because again, at the end of the day, you promised that, but you have to do the legwork and going through all these tindahans or the Saturday stores to, again, live to your promise. It was quite easy, actually. Wow. Okay. How? No, no, no. no not, not easy in a sense that it's easy. Like, how would you define easy? But I would say easy because I must be lucky when we started working with our first partner. It's like you, you're looking for an investor, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not every day that you end up meeting a partner or an investor or a believer who would end up, you know, having the same mm. gamma waves with you. And that's why we were, pro- it was probably easy because we were just lucky to end up meeting our first partner. Mm. And then meeting the first partner, they kind of help you overcome your limitations. And when they did that with you, like the yin and yang that I was explaining, the VC founder, yin and yang, this is also a yin and yang between us, Nureka, and the partner. That yin and yang worked very well, that it resulted in their success and growth. Nice. Now, they became our first testimonial. Nice. So when you go to the next province, you say, do you know Ron, Ron from this area? Yeah, yeah. You, you can name Rob now. And then you tell them that, you know, Ron started from four checkout lanes to now this much. Really? Really? Ron is not telling me. Ron is not telling me. Why is he wow. not telling me? And then you, say, you basically say that, you know, Ron was secretive about this, etc. No, no, I want to be like Ron also. So it becomes easier. Gotcha. Oh. Yes, your success story then becomes your luminary client. Right, right. So right. it's no longer that difficult to sell the Atindahan in as we expand because of the successes that our early partners were able to achieve. Oh, but I'm curious about the nanais because you need to get buy-in from the nanais to get this done. How are you able to get the, that side of the business down path? Because you said 20 kilometers from, say, the fulfillment center or, again, the, the, the grocery or whatever that partner was, you needed to get done. And that's, I think, where the, the real hustle was because that's, you're building a network here, technically, right? right? And that network for that that work, you need to go to the very far flung Sari Sari store by the coast of the beach or whatever that was to get that to work. How did you get those though? Okay, so 
it is very clear to us from our, our, our understanding that there are several ingredients you need to have in order for nanite to patronize you. First, okay. your price must be cheap. It must be low. Yes. Uh, price, distributor price, because that's the standard. Okay. Distributor price. Second, your assortment should not be limited. You can't be Unilever selling, selling Unilever only or PNG selling PNG. Yeah. You've got to carry at least to be a mix. 200 SKUs that you're looking for. That's why we wow. raised our assortments to about 2,400 to 2,700 now. So wow. that's the second element. The third element, which is, I would say, the most important element of all, okay. is reliable daily delivery. Because if you can't and if you don't, you must understand that their livelihood, especially early in the morning where people buy clean one coffee, bread, etc., etc., rely right. on you. If you break their heart, that early morning where you did not deliver, they're not going to patronize you anymore. So the free deliveriness of Pindayang Tapat is just a, you know, it's just a, a, come on, some sort of an attraction for them to try it out. So we tried to perfect these three, four elements. This is why delivering to Ron, that is supposed 20 kilometers away, uh, is going to be very expensive. So the key there is to help the partner get a lot of runs in that coastline so that the travel will be worth it. And that's absolutely basically and the word of mouth with all the marites. Yes, yes. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret sauce. <laughs> marites like, oh hey, there's in the tapat. Aling me babing. There you go. They even tell their competitors. They oh my god, that's amazing. That's again the power of the Marites. If I see that Tindahan Tapat is delivering in your store and I'm only what 10 meters away from you, I would wonder why is there a delivery? Is that? There you go. And then yeah, that's again, that's the power. This is better than any telco. The Marites of the world will always win. Now again, let's just talk about the good stuff too. All right. After this growth, are you now raising? Are there even angels that are coming in? Because, man, this is impressive, right? And again, one thing that Hustle Share is able to do, because again, this has now become the diary of all the legit startup founders <laughs> in the Philippines. I, I, I see that. Congratulations, anyway. No, again, this is not for me. When I started this, if you go to uh, episode one or all the remaining episodes, it has to be founder driven, right? I'm not doing this to be fucking popular. Dude, I'm, I'm a founder too. I got shit to do, <laughs> right? But if nobody's going to help us out, who will, right? I have no agenda here whatsoever, right? The agenda probably is to again expand my network, but that's a byproduct of me trying to pay it forward, right? I'm just trying to help you because I understand you to the deepest levels because I'm a founder as well, right? It's founder driven. And again, the byproduct of the podcast is I people use it to hire great talent. People use it to get investment. People use it to acquire customers. That's me just trying to open doors for everybody. But how are you guys able to then do this? Have you now started opening angel investments? Because I th- this is I think this is a, the lowest hanging fruit here. You've earned your keep. This is something that I think can be. Angel investable on the very minimum here, very easy to do that. But are you now opening that uh, avenue to get investments? Yes, I started meeting uh, VCs last well last two months of last year up until yep. up until summer, I guess, of this year. Um, nice. Not successful mm-hmm. because I got 
well, no, I tepat, always got compared to a competitor. <laughs> right. <laughs> which was approaching. That's normal. That's normal, by the way. Right? Which was approaching this whole thing differently, differently. So the benchmark and the questions that they asked were pretty much um, in the format of your competitor, right. which is valid, I think, and practical to ask. However, my plea then was, if you can only try to look at NUECA differently because their background, their circumstance, their funding situation is different, then you would be able to see the potential, I would say. But it was quite difficult for them to, to, to see it the way I would wish them to see NUECA because that time was your competitor was really way, way ahead in terms of uh, fundraising achievements, I would say. So yeah, we... I started pitching. I tried to raise uh, 1.5 million US and then increase it later to about, like my recent deck is about 2 million US. Wow. Still, still unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. But, but, I, but I also saw, uh, I, saw I, I saw a number, about three, four of them who were really like, you know, very interested, very interested. And, and they, want, they would want you to get back to them when I achieved the promise that I said we will be able to achieve this year, which we have achieved already, by the way. We're now doing... That's amazing. Mm-hmm. We're, we're now doing more than 100 million per month. What? Oh, amazing. When I was pitching, we were only doing 52 million. Shit. Uh, this that's one. 2 million. That's $2 million uh, sorry, worth. Sorry, this, uh, is, this pesos. Ah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's 100 million. $2 million worth of uh, transactions. That's amazing. And again, it's just a matter of time. So, yeah. When we were... Yeah, we were we were pitching. We were we were at fifty two million per month. Nice. Today we're at hundred and I think hundred and hundred and five, hundred and ten. I wow. And again, numbers don't lie. So that's amazing. But again, before I let you go, Magno, what is next for Tindahang Tapat, and where are you gonna take this? Because again, congratulations, amazing story. And I'm glad I was able to talk to you. But what's next? What's coming up for you guys? Okay, so the 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 VC fundraising is still still in my mind. My mind. I just stopped for for several months now because I had to take a break and try to understand why why is it that we're not yet successful at it. So yeah. in the stopping as well, we moved back to focus energy on operations, improving, expanding, and so on, and so we mm-hmm. achieve that. So first, we'll go on looking for uh, funding. That's- it's very clear to me that. The moment we're able to raise two million US, probably it will accelerate. It will accelerate absolutely our R and D, particularly the the tech. Yep. Second, it will be able to accelerate also our kicking off the revenue streams that are pipeline, including lending, data and analytics. Like we can predict the relationship between uh, Liquor and Diaper and Liquor yeah. and One Coffee and things like that. So. Those we look forward to. For the meantime, that we are not yet VC funded, we will continue expanding. Like first quarter next year, up until summer, probably three new three new provinces. Nice. End of next year, probably will be in a total of seven plus three ten. Will probably be in a total of about twelve to twelve to fourteen provinces in the country by end of twenty twenty. Yep. And again, that volume speaks volumes, literally. Of what it is. And again, congratulations. And I hope this episode opens a lot of doors for you guys. But again, thank you so much. But again, if they want to reach out to you as a VC or as a partner, again, or whatever it is, where do they go and how do they do that? Okay. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, they, they can, mm-hmm. I hope they can, they can, they can message. Agno Konag the third. There you go. Mm-hmm. Ron, thank you very much for 
for messaging me yesterday. I mean, I wasn't expecting it, but really thankful that you gave me this opportunity for me to be in your show. Thank you. Again, guys, if I gave the perception that I only feature funded startups, that's not it. I'm just a founder also. <laughs> just like you. I have shit to do. And I do this to try to pay it forward. But if you want to get featured, reach out. Sometimes I just get too busy, right? I'm, I'm an old fart. I got a family too. But I'll do my best to put everybody here, right? Ideally, also, what we also like to put here in Hustle Share are startups that have been through the trough of sorrow. It's not about funding that I look for. I want to talk to startup founders that have been through the hell that we just talked about earlier <laughs> because the best learnings usually happen there. Again, thank you very much, Magno. But before I let you go, follow us in whatever podcast app you're listening to, whatever podcast app that you like to use to listen to podcasts. And if you see a five-star rating, give us a give us a rating and to, to at least give us feedback on how we're doing it. And again, we did say some jargon. It's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And lastly, if you want to be part of of the Hustle Share community, please join that in the Hustle Share community on Facebook. Again, Magno, thank you very much. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. One day we may be able to repay you as well for this kind of today. Uh, you don't owe me nothing. Just pay it for it. Again, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Peace.